of yourself is the best I'm blessed to know that lust is a test I used to be the victim, now I'm just envisioning I'm knowing this is I'm Susie Landolfi, and welcome to Be Crazy Well. Now, why would a therapist say that? Because we all have mental health struggles, even therapists. The good news is, we have so much more information about how we can be crazy well. On my podcast, we don't focus on what's wrong with us. We want to know what happened to us. We're going to explore how trauma affected us, both negatively and positively. That's right. I said positively. It's called post-traumatic growth, and it's a real thing. Be Crazy Well will share mental health wellness practices, the newest mental health research, and most importantly, how we all get to create the person we deserve to be and the life we deserve to live. So join the mental health evolution and be crazy well. Hi, everybody. Welcome. I'm Susie Landolfi. Welcome to Be Crazy Well. I'm also the clinical director of Merging Vets and Players, which is a nonprofit in seven cities around the country, soon to be eight, where we put combat veterans and retired professional athletes or even active professional athletes and active duty together in order to be crazy well, basically. (laughs) So it's sort of help each other. And I couldn't do this podcast without the woman that I actually named this program after, Be Crazy Well. She is by far the craziest well person I've ever met in my entire life. So we're here with Janae Gregory. And so I asked her, I said, hey, write me like a little intro, you know, for you. And so this is what she wrote. You ready? This is give you a little idea of her. Introduce me as you want. United States Air Force combat veteran. Farmer. We'll stand up to bullies on a global scale. Say what you want. So Janae, I'm going to say what I want because I do anyway. <laughs> you are, without a doubt, the most badass person, never mind woman, badass person I've ever met in my whole life. I used to think I've done a lot in my life, but you have outranked me in so many ways. So here's what I want to talk to you about, because I just am so grateful that you're my friend. And to be able to have a little platform like this and to be able to have this conversation and share you with the rest of the world is so important to me. So I'm going to tell you one Janae story, and then I'm going to ask her to tell all the shit she's done in her life. So I'm at Boulder Crest Retreat. I help with the curriculum. And there's a, I won't even say the name of the company, but it's a company that did a video. And they're not necessarily very forward thinking or supportive of the LGBTIQ community. And I was very unhappy about having to show that video. And I tried to say to my coworkers, somebody's going to stand up someday and go, that's bullshit. Like, you shouldn't be showing that video from that company because it doesn't support the LGBTIQ community and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, oh, it's okay. It's got a great message. And I go, yeah, well, it could have a great message while it's also hurting other people. So I'm not quite sure. Should we listen to the words or what they're doing? Anyway. We've got a wonderful cohort of female combat veterans sitting in front of me, and we put the video on, and the video ends. And this woman, who I just met, stands up because that's bullshit. <laughs> we shouldn't be so <laughs> – and goes on. And I look at my team as if to say, 
I told you so. And now I love this woman. <laughs> this woman is going to be my new best friend. And sure enough, and I got up and I apologized. I said, you're right. And I apologized. And it was a great moment for me too. Because my daughter said to me the other day, Janae, and you'll love this. She said, we have to stop saying, we have to stop saying we're sorry. And I go, okay, because I'm open. Mm-hmm. I said, what should we say? And she should. She looked right at me and she said, when we make a mistake, instead of apologizing, we've got to say, I was wrong. What a concept. I was wrong. And I said, well, then what do we say after that? And she said, how can I make it better? And that's it. That's exactly what we need to do. Is not how I apologize, and I'm sorry that it hurt you. Like that. That's bullshit. We got to say I was wrong, and how do I make it better? And that's what you did for me that day. I got to practice saying we were wrong, and how do we make it better? So apparently, I did a little something better because we're still friends. And I want you to know that Janae has the most beautiful farm with her wife in Maine. And she taught me how to drive a tractor. Like, this woman can do anything and everything. So I can only tell you, she found the little girly girl part of me. And she she helped make it even stronger because there's a little part of me. I used to joke with my brother. I had a gay brother. And I used to say, Jimmy, I love that you get me dressed up, but I still feel like a gay man in drag when I get dressed up. That's just how I feel because I, I really don't feel that comfortable in female clothing. So I found a real friend in, in Nay. So, Janae, can you just share with everybody what you've done in your life. I know we only have 30 minutes, so you may not have enough time because you've done so much for so many. And so can you start with, I don't know, maybe your military service or even before? Well, it was a dark and stormy night and the boat (laughs) rocked and rocked. (laughs) Well, you're in Maine. It's always a dark and and stormy night. (laughs) (laughs) No, not as bad as you can say. The people in Ukraine are badass. That's all I have to say. That's right. I I grew up in an Italian-American family, huge, huge, huge. My grandmother had 21 kids. My grandmother on the other side had 13 kids. Very eclectic grouping of people. I was born into a military family. One of my uncles was killed in Anzio Beach in Italy during World War II. Another one of my uncles was an OSS spy and then went into the CIA when it became that and did that for many years. All my uncle served, my father served, and it's just what we do. And that's the environment I grew up in. And I've always, I can't remember a time when I didn't want to be a soldier. You know, most kids, little girls growing up had dolls and this and that. I had G.I. Joes. I had all my uncles and fathers, army stuff. And that's all I wanted to do was play soldier. And I just carried that on until I joined the Air Force. Prior to that, growing up, normal kid. Well, not normal. Let's get that part. No, no you're <laughs> not I normal. Had a, a, big, a big thirst for adventure, always. Like, I, you know, I have a gypsy soul. And to the Air Force, and I volunteered for everything I could do. And back then, it wasn't easy as being in my career field, which is law enforcement. And I worked in 53 different countries several armed conflicts. Uh, in the 80s, we were invading everybody. And I'm a Cold War veteran, so the Ukrainian flight is 
really strong with me, and I'm hoping to get over there. I feel like I have to do something. Mm-hmm. I can't sit here. I have an amazing skill set that I can use doing something there. And so I'm working on getting over there right now to help in any way I can because these people are struggling right now. Right. You know, I know you've done other things even after the military. You were in the, what, Forest Service? Like, what else? I was a federal law enforcement officer with the National Park Service. Lots of search and rescues in state western parks. We're doing a helicopter overnight hike in to get somebody and bring them out. I've been a EMT since I was 18. I taught skiing in Park City, Utah in a kids program, and nobody thought I could thought I would kill all the kids, but I ended up loving them, so that was really fun. I started working on ships in Alaska and got my captain's license and my engineer's license, and I did that for many years. I volunteered teaching whitewater boating to paralyzed veterans because the water is a great equalizer. Jack of all trades, master of none. That's the best way I can describe it. It's just like the next thing to, that drives me. I've always had a big yeah, I've always been a servant, and that's what I do. And in your spare time, you're fighting bullies. Like, one mm-hmm. of the things that I so appreciate about you is when we talk about being in the service, and I've said this almost every podcast I've done so far, is that my experience mm-hmm. of people like you, of which there's not too many like you, but people that went in the service, you are people of service. That's that's who you are. That's who you will be. That's what you will do. And it doesn't always have to be on a battlefield. It can be a battle for social justice. Like people Absolutely. don't understand that we need voting rights. I mean, there's all these other things. And when you wrote that mm-hmm. note to me about how to introduce you about making sure that you fight the bullies, I mean, that really resonates. And I think that's exactly what it is that most of us need to do is we need to stand up to be true protectors. And I know even in my own life, yeah, even in my own life, there's been times where someone said they were a protector, but they're actually a perpetrator when they started screaming and yelling and then thought they were a protector, but you can only be one or the other. You can't be both. And my experience of you is that Mm -hmm. you are a true protector. Like that's what you do on all levels, from whether you've got two legs or four legs or some wings, like you're, you're going to do that. Tell me why it's so important to go to Ukraine at this time in your life. Well, I'm uh, no spring chicken, but I am a farmer now, and I'm strong and able-bodied, and I can do a lot of things, and I feel like I can be, I have a unique skill set that I can do a lot of different things and I feel like I can be a help and I'm good under pressure. That's what do I do best? Over pressure under pressure. That's just my, everybody has their thing and that's always been mine is that, you know, when shit starts going down, I just, I come alive. My experience of you, and this is obviously because, because I'm fascinated with mental health. First, I had to create some for myself. <laughs> that was hard enough. <laughs> and and then keep it. That was another thing. Is my experience of you, too, is that when the shit hits the fan, I want to be standing next to you. Because <laughs> that's when you, <laughs> when you thrive. And my sense, too, then, is when there's not enough things to protect and to serve for, that's when you get most uncomfortable that it's hard for you to live in what we would call the calm world 
uh, no issues happening. And so that's been a struggle for you that I've noticed. And I want you to talk a little bit more about that, because I think that is a huge struggle for most military men and women, first responders, that it's very difficult not to live without a crisis. It is. And I have traveled since I was 19, and I really didn't stop until three years ago. And the last three years here on the farm have been just, it's been a big mental game with me because it's like, I can't just take off and go somewhere. I just can't take off and travel. I can't go volunteer here for X amount of time. Because in my rescuing thing, now we have two horses, a donkey, eight goats, eight sheep, three chickens, and fields that need to be planted soon. So it is hard. It's hard being quiet. And that's, I think, why most people, especially veterans, you're used to, especially if you like the high-speed stuff. Some people don't. Some people do. And it's hard to settle down after... I don't know how many years being gone, mm-hmm. being one place is really challenging. So my mental health has been up and down, and I, I try to get better at taking myself out of the hole, thanks to you, and finally creating like a network up here of other veterans that have my six and I have theirs, and that's been helpful as well. Yeah, I've never seen anybody as hard as you work helping other people. The one thing you're not is a hypocrite. You're not a hypocrite. And I've really had the honor of going through this journey with you as you work just as hard on yourself. You know, it's one thing to work so hard to help others. And what I was struck by from the moment I met you is how dedicated you are to helping yourself as well. And I want you to know that 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 well, you can't me, you can't help anybody else. You help yourself. That's right. That's right. And if I continue to spiral and don't correct it, I'm just going to go into the ground. That's right. So what are my options? Mm-hmm. Get my shit together and deal with stuff and move on. And it's hard. It's not easy. I battle every freaking day. Yeah. Some days are easy. Some days are not. And but my coping skills are better. And that's the biggest thing. Having a support system and coping skills. It's like we said, I have an amazing toolbox tool to use for my mental health, but when times get bad, I can't even open the toolbox half the time. That's right. You know what I'm saying? That's right. That's why the daily practice of prevention, helping Mm -hmm. to try to keep yourself upright before we start to, to crash. That was actually my issue as well before I became a therapist was knowing that I I feel too good for a moment and think everything's fine and not do the daily practices. And that's where I used to love the idea of being in the military. You guys have to be, it's called military ready. Like you're supposed to be ready at all times. to. Yeah, that's right. You're supposed to be ready to, so when you need to be called up, you're you're like you don't have to. Oh, let me go do some more push-ups. I'm not quite that strong yet. <laughs> let, me, let me like that's the idea is to be ready. And so I thought, oh, that's what I have to do for my mental health. I have to practice every day because you're right. You said it perfectly. Once I'm in it, 
How do you open the box then? I don't even want to. I don't even know where the box is. And the last thing yeah. I want to do is then I'm start swearing at the box. Like, who gives a shit about that box? Like, it doesn't help. <laughs> so if we don't yeah. do the practices every day. And so I want to go back to the idea that you bought a farm. Because here's something I do know about farms since I've been on ranches and I take care of animals too. They mm-hmm. they have to be fed every day. That's what they, like you, yeah. Like you can't just say, look, I'll be back in a week. Yeah. Good luck. And, and so this idea of caring for a farm yeah. is a daily practice, much like your mental health. And I've always- And these animals, they, they are rescues, most of them. And the, they're very therapeutic to other people too. I have other people that having bad days and I have them come up and just hang out with the sheep and the goats and hang out with the horses. Just nice and quiet, learning to be still and working with my donkey <laughs> that I rescued two years ago who was a yearling and terrorized, terrified of everything. That is just a neat, it just causes, caused me to really calm myself and pull everything out and force myself to be calm. Yeah through breathing and everything and that gets them to relax and build trust with them. So it's a good gauge of how I'm doing it and how, you know, they're doing. That's right. And I think you brought up that. And they're just so sweet. They're so sweet. They're so sweet. (laughs) They are. And they're so forgiving of us. And they're so much smarter than we are. I mean, we do all kinds of stupid shit and they just kind of look at us like, really? Like, you're really going to do that? That's not what we need to be doing here. <laughs> so they'll call us out. Just eat some hay and drink some water. You'll be fine. <laughs> you'll be fine. Poop a little more. Just yeah. poop a little more. You'll be yeah. you'll be happy. And I love that for somebody who was a gypsy and a wanderer, you literally did the complete opposite. You did something three years ago that it really is, if you're going to be settled, that this is like really being tied to the plow. I mean, you're like, and the animals. Oh, I had no idea. And then that realization came to me when I wanted to go deploy with one of my volunteer groups. And I'm like, well, my life works. And I also take care of my mother. <clears throat> and a 90 year old mother. So. And I got a whole gaggle of shit going down here. So Ukraine sounds like a break. It does. That's a vacation for you. <laughs> I I couldn't help but think when you talking about going to Ukraine about you said when we would go on hikes and we'd pull people out of a dangerous situation in the wilderness. And I thought, oh, well, that's mm-hmm. a perfect skill for you. I mean, that's what you do. You know how to find people. You know how to take care of yourself while you're going to help because so many people want to help, but they actually put themselves or make the situation even more dangerous because they don't know how to do that. And you really do know how to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what we were talking about with your mental health. I mean, you really saw, oh, wait a minute, this is a dangerous situation. I've got to do something because I can't rescue someone if I'm not safe. If my belay isn't safe, if mm-hmm. my footing isn't safe, then I can't pull that person out, right? If I'm lost, mm-hmm. I can't help somebody be found, and I can't help them and lead them out. So you've always been a great metaphor for me about why it's so important to have physical and emotional well-being. And you were one of the first people that went through our program that really got instantly the idea of childhood trauma as well. 
like it wasn't just all the military mm-hmm. and all the shit that you've done because you have been through trauma with all of that. And you told me about what happened. Well, you don't need to talk about that at half these programs. You talk about your childhood. Mm-hmm. You really don't talk about your military trauma. You yeah. talk about your childhood. And, and the most helpful thing, I, my aha moment with that was when you were doing the, the whiteboard and doing the chain of like, okay, your grandparents. What do you remember about your grandparents? Tell me what you remember about your aunts or your mother and your father. And then you started linking those. And I was like, oh, my God, mm-hmm. that explains so much. Yeah, it does. It's your first basic training. Yep. Yeah, it's your first basic training. It's really what sets the groundwork, both for your strengths and for your challenges. Like for both, because most of what you mm-hmm. think about yourself and feel about yourself was either done to you or told to you. So sort of mm-hmm. I always had to remind myself, all my thoughts are not true. All my feelings are not facts because they were given to me by some <laughs> really struggling, crazy people. So therefore, one of the things you were able to do so well in your life was you did differently. Like you literally did a lot. And that doing a lot was what kept you more stable than anything else. I mean, I'm not saying the thoughts and the feelings still weren't there trying to derail you, but the fact is you did so much that you were able to see that doing differently literally changes you. That plus you learn that when you're in constant motion, you don't have to think about yourself as much as when you're you're in the car. You have nothing but time to think. And it's such a huge difference. When you're in constant motion, it's very difficult. I mean, it's not difficult, but it's easy to put things in the back seat. Right. You don't have to deal. You're dealing with what's in front of you, not what's behind you. And that's one of the big things. So that idea that we do something so we don't have to think about something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's been my, that was my whole, I, be, I became a human doing instead of a human being. And the trouble with when you do finally decide, okay, I really do need to know what happened to me because I could just right. say, well, that's the way I am. But that's pretty, that's pretty hopeless. That, that to me doesn't tell mm-hmm. me anything about what I get to do. It, it makes me feel held hostage. It's like, oh, that's, I, I don't have any change ability. And so when we talk about the idea of it, what happened to us, I get to now decide what happens now. Now I get to decide what happens. Okay. So that's what's Correct. so great. And that's where you've been such a great inspiration for me too, because you constantly look at that. I've seen you in action. I've seen you, and I've also <laughs> seen you just be. I've seen you now be a human being, meaning that you are able to just be, that the animals really did give you that gift of just being with, mm-hmm. not having to do for all the time, but just to be with. Correct. Yeah. So in our last minute or two, what, what tell me what I can do as one of your friends to support you in this idea or this actually action of going to Ukraine. And does that mean that I get to fly up to Maine and hang out with mom, have a glass of wine with her and and your wife, and I get to hang out with the animals and help take care of them while you're in Ukraine? There you go. (laughs) (laughs) I'm trying to listen. 
farm help right now. Yeah. Somebody come in and help. Yeah. Lori. And we had to have the conversation because at first she said, you're not going. Mm-hmm. And I was like, so I let that sit. And yeah. was like, well, I, you know who I am. We've been together 13, 14 years. This is no surprise, you know, and it is who I am. That's right. And I feel very strongly about, you know, going boots on the ground and doing what I can to help. Okay. I don't care what it is. If I'm handed out soup or if I'm shoveling stuff across the border, I don't care. I just want to help. So put me down as, what is the name of your farm? You want to tell everybody the name of your farm? Naughty Goat Farm. That's right. Naughty Goat Farm. So naughty. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I would say that they've learned. It's not like you've ever not been naughty yourself. This is just perfect. You would only get naughty goats. There would be nobody else that you would get. Me and the goats are supposed to go because they just, I take them hiking through the woods and everything. And we just hang out, and they love it. And, yeah, it's awesome. It is great. You so deserve I love it. <laughs> you and your wife so deserve this, and your mom's very fortunate. So just put me on the list. Let me know when you're going, and I'll come up and spend some time, because you know I can do that. I can even drive the tractor now, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, you can, <laughs> you can jump the door. That's there right. I can do that. <laughs> Janae Gregory, I adore you, and I'm so grateful that I can introduce you to the world. Everybody should know you. That's how I feel. And I'm just so grateful that I have the honor of calling you my friend. I am grateful to have you. I mean, you've changed my life. Everything about you has changed my life. And I've always said you're sick. There's a message to the world. Anybody the Susie Landolfi? I'm coming after you. (laughs) (laughs) And she'll be able to bury you with the tractor. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> there'll be nothing like, there'll be no evidence right the body will be under you have lots of ground that's right that's right you'll be you'll be chum <laughs> all right i adore you i love you and be well and all of us get to be crazy well be crazy well i want to say thank you calvin love for the wonderful theme song that you wrote called be your best self. So check him out on Spotify and follow his great music. And remember, this is brought to you by Coming Home Well. And I can't thank them enough for all that they do for the veteran community. And we'll see you again. We'll be doing this some more. So bye, Janae. Love you. Bye. Love you too. Bye.